welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, the weekly show for nomads, work campers, RVers, and entrepreneurs looking to earn a living or build a business while enjoying the RV lifestyle. This week's host is Rose Willard. Let's settle in and enjoy the RV Entrepreneur Podcast brought to you by RV Life. This episode is sponsored by Wholesale Warranties. Protecting your RV investment means being ready for anything. An extended RV warranty from Wholesale Warranties is the best way to make sure that if an RV failure happens, you can afford to get back to enjoying the RV life as soon as possible. RV warranties are available for motorhomes, fifth wheels, and travel trailers, new and used, across the U.S. Visit WholesaleWarranties.com for a free personalized RV warranty quote today and hit the road with peace of mind tomorrow. This episode is sponsored by RV Flex Repair. Don't let a damaged RV roof keep you from hitting the open road. RV Flex Repair by Ziolo is the perfect solution for RV owners who want to keep their vehicles in top condition. Our easy to use complete RV roofing system can be applied in just one coat and is compatible with other products for added flexibility. Plus, with lifetime warranty and free shipping, you can have peace of mind knowing your RV roof will last as long as your own vehicle. Visit RVFlexRepair.com today and join the thousands of other satisfied RV owners who have already restored their roofs with RV Flex Repair. Welcome, fellow entrepreneurs. Rose Willard here of the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. Did you know that you can start your own successful RV rental business without owning a single RV? Let me say that again. Without owning any RVs, you can rent out other people's RVs and make money? Yep, it's 100% doable and you can do it from your RV. I learned a lot from speaking with Gar Russell today of Fireside RV Rentals about RV rental management, what it is, tips on how to get started, and how he turned his RV rental management company into a successful franchise. And I think the franchise opportunity that they offer would be a great fit for some of our listeners. This is not Gar's only successful business. He started, scaled, and sold several companies in the past. And through his many years of experience, he's honed his skills in building systems, processes, sales, marketing, leadership, and forging the way. In 2016, he entered the RV space and quickly rose to lead the industry in starting the nation's first RV rental management company, Fireside RV Rental, with locations all around the U.S. His company connects camper owners with families and vacationers, but they also offer a franchise opportunity for entrepreneurs like yourself to get into the RV rental world. Fireside RV Rental will teach you how to manage RV rentals through their proven franchise model, so you don't need to be an RV expert and you don't have to own an RV either although that probably helps. You just need some startup funding and the drive for business. If you're curious about this, or if this sounds like this is right up your alley, then let's jump into the interview with Gar. Hey, Gar, welcome. And thanks for joining the RV Entrepreneur Podcast today. Yeah, super excited to be here. So there are many peer-to-peer RV rental platforms out there, but your company offers a slightly different angle to get into the RV rental world. But before we get into those details, tell us a little about who you are, what you're doing, and why talking to our RV entrepreneur community today is so important. 
Yeah. So what we do is we're an RV rental management company. So we partner with the RV owners that like the idea of, you know, renting out their RV and making that income, but they don't want to deal with the day-to-day, you know, of, of having an RV rental business. So that's kind of what we do from a 10,000 foot overview. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a great concept and there's just so many RVs sitting in storage half the year or maybe longer. And it would be awesome for all these both parties to have it rented but not in use and kind of wishing we did that with our travel trailer recently instead of selling it. But it was kind of in need of a bit of work and we just didn't have the funds for it at the time. So now I think what you're doing is great. So how did you get started into the RV rental industry? Yeah, you know, kind of like a lot of others, I, I fell into it. I actually, I just had a post show up on my Facebook feed today, which was kind of cool. And it was me saying to my wife, hey, honey, I just bought us our 10-year wedding anniversary gift. I hope you like it. <laughs> and that was the RV. Um, and so I bought the RV and we went to take it out camping. And she was pregnant, just about due with number four. She was not digging it. She was kind of hot and miserable and said she was headed home. So I thought, oh, all right, well, I've got this RV and my wife doesn't want to camp. And my entrepreneurial mind, you know, kicked right into gear thinking, okay, well, now I just got this thing sitting around. What am I going to do? So literally within a couple hours, I had it up on Craigslist and it was one thing led to the next and I was in the RV rental business. <laughs> <laughs> What's your background? What else do you do? Is this all you do or, or how did you learn all this? Yeah, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So my first business venture, I can trace it all the way back to fifth grade. I can remember sitting at my grandma's house, my dad's laying on the couch and I walk up to him with a written business proposal of, hey, dad, I want to start a mowing business and I need you to get me some money because I'm going to have these kids pushing mowers around the neighborhood while I sell, you know, the services. And so, yeah, I've been an entrepreneur for a long, long time. You know, fast forward to today. Yeah, Fireside RV Rental, that is my main venture. We've got almost 20, 18 franchises around the country now. And uh, I also own some short-term rental properties. So I do some Airbnb and then I own some long-term rental properties. And then just the last couple of years, I sold several businesses. I own a couple RV repair shops. I own a credit counseling company and I've sold those two companies and a bunch of real estate the last couple of years. And I've just been getting hyper-focused on the RV rental management and then uh, what I call the real estate and then the, I like it. the brick and mortar rentals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit more about what RV rental management entails? Yeah. You know, so basically, um, you know, with owning the long-term rental properties after I started renting my RV, I quickly thought, man, I'm sure I have friends and family who would like to do this as well, but they're not, you know, free time-wise to deal with, you know, the cleanings and the deliveries and the setups and maintenance and all the, you know, stuff that would come along with it. So that's where I started offering it to others. And that's what we do today basically is, yes, somebody gives us possession of the RV. We group all the RVs together in a central location, whether, you know, some of our franchises operate right off their property Uh, Some of our franchises operate right outside of storage units. 
several of our franchises have evolved to where they have, you know, commercial lots and they do repairs and storage and everything. And so, yeah, basically we take that RV into possession and we do everything for the owner. So we answer all the inquiries and do the booking and billing and cleaning and maintenance. And it's completely passive for them. Wow. So you talked about this franchise and that's your angle, your other different angle, getting into this rental world. Go through the process, if you will, having your business franchised. What was that process look like? Yeah, you know, that was quite a, quite a process. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> it's not uh, as glamorous or easy as I thought it would be. I interviewed a bunch of different companies that, you know, kind of walk you through the franchising and they have like a, we do everything for you. So we're going to not only get your franchise agreement set up, but we're going to, you know, help you with your marketing and then we're going to help you sell the franchises. And so I thought I'd actually hired a really slick company from all the research I had done. And it unfortunately was a, it was a long, hard process. It took over a year to do it. It Mm. cost me, oh man, 60 to $80,000 after finding errors I had to get fixed and addressed and all that kind of stuff. And you got to submit things through the Federal Trade Commission, and then you've got to register in certain states. And like California, mm-hmm. for instance, now that we're an official franchise, we started the process of getting registered in California to sell the opportunity in California. That's almost a two-year process just to, to get set up to sell in California. So it wow. is a long, arduous process. Wow. And I imagine some states might be easier than others. Yeah, there's three different categories. I forget exactly what the category names are. Our attorney, you know, deals with all that. But yeah, there's certain states where you basically just have to have a franchise disclosure document and a franchise agreement that meets the Federal Trade Commission standards. You know, and if you have that, basically you're free to operate inside of that state. Then there's other states where you basically have to register. That might be the other term, registration states. And then you just have to simply register, pay a fee, and then file your FDD with them. And then there's other states like California, where you have to go through like the whole application process, submitting all the paperwork and your audited books, you know, financials and the FDD and the franchise agreement and your manual and your marketing materials. And yeah, so there's you have three different processes. That's a lot. Can you go over a little bit about your business model of your franchise now in place? Yeah. So basically our franchise offering, what we do is, you know, we sell somebody a territory and then once they have that territory, uh, they get access to what's called our fireside fast track framework. That's kind of our online training, you know, with all the courses and videos and checklists and to do's and all that Mm -hmm. stuff that gets them prepared all the way from setting up their LLC, you know, to marketing, to doing QuickBooks. It's basically everything. It's a full business in a box. Mm -hmm. We have that. And then we have our franchise support team. So the franchisee sets up their weekly training and accountability calls where we walk them, you know, through like, okay, you know, how did you do on your F3, the Fireside Fast Drive framework this week? See where they're at and, you know, walking through the process, answering the questions. And uh, it's it's very in-depth. So we train on everything from the business to understanding RVs, you know, because we have franchisees that they're not from the RV world. So they don't even necessarily understand how RVs operate. So we have 
classes and trainings on that, on understanding RVs and how they work and how they're laid out and, you know, 110 volt versus 12 volt. And you probably mm-hmm. know some of that stuff from being an RV. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, all the nuances of the RV world. Right. And then it gets very granular all the way down to, you know, we set up all their social media for them. We handle all their social media and marketing for them. So we're posting blog posts and and content and videos, and we set up a website for them. And yeah, so every facet of the business, sales, marketing, operations, bookkeeping, it's all all included. That's awesome. And that was kind of my next question was like, well, I'm an entrepreneur. I can do this. I can rent out other people's RVs. So why should I buy a franchise? You know, why can't I just go and start my own business? And a lot of people can, but... Yeah. I mean, I think what you have, obviously, being a franchise, you are a business in a box and you're just handing them everything and it's something to follow. It's sounds like a lot less headaches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And really, it's, um, you know, there's several reasons. We have franchisees that they had already been doing this on their own. So they had 5, 10, 15 RVs and then they found Fireside. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's kind of got their different, you know, where they see the value. Some of those right. people, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, so now I have a community of people that are doing exactly what I'm doing and mm-hmm. we're all under the same brand and marketing and mission and message, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like joining a tribe, you know, as some people's mm-hmm. motivation. Other That's people, big. we have a franchise in Texas. He is the VP at one of the largest dealerships in Texas. And so this guy knows RVs inside and out. He owns a storage lot. Right. You know, he had everything in place to easily do this on his own. And that's what he was getting ready to do. He was searching the softwares and the systems and insurance. And he found us on a Facebook post. And to him, he's like, oh, so I literally can cut you a check and fast forward two years. You know, so he saw the value in cutting a check for speed, you know, save himself two years and have all the onboarding and everything there. And so, yeah, it's definitely there's different benefits to doing it. For different people. Do you offer, I think I saw on your site that you offer programs or courses for someone who wants to learn more just about the RV rentaling, you know, uh, managing their own. Is that correct? Yeah, we do have what's called the fire starter course. So if somebody wants to learn what they need to do to rent out their own RV, you know, as far as insurance mm-hmm. and liability and bookkeeping and marketing and checklist and contracts and forms. Uh, We have all that in a course that we offer to people. Yeah. So if it's just somebody that's looking to get into this uh, and just rent their RV, you know, we've noticed that with us kind of being the industry leaders, there's a lot of people that are jumping in and getting overwhelmed and, and jumping right back out. So we wanted to be able to kind of help give back by creating a course that uh, would allow people to get in and get equipped and feel confident. And it really, it helps the industry as a whole as well, you know, mm-hmm. because we're in this industry full time, you know, this is what we do. So we want the industry to have a good reputation. We want renters to have good experiences. Right. So we thought, well, let's, you know, create this course that will help equip, you know, everybody. Yeah. You want everyone in this industry to do well. Everyone lifts up and rises up. That's great. Yeah. So walk me through the entrepreneur that comes in and would like to be a franchise partner with you? How does that process go about? Yeah. So somebody that 
finds us and is interested in a franchise, first thing we do is we send them to a webinar. We do a weekly webinar. Uh, typically, it's every Thursday at 7 Eastern Standard. We do a webinar. And that we don't get into a lot of the uh, how of how we do it. It's more of the who, like who we are, our mm-hmm. mission, our values, our ethics, you know, why we're doing what we're doing. You know, it's about helping entrepreneurs or people who maybe think they're an entrepreneur figure out if they are an entrepreneur and if they are, you know, hey, this is the vehicle of what we offer. Uh, so to make sure that all those things line up and then if those line up and people see the mission and the vision and it all makes sense, uh, then what we do is we send them to an application where we ask them a bunch of goofy questions that some of them make sense. You know why we're asking them some of them like, hey, what's your favorite charity and why? Might not make sense to the person filling out the application, but we want to make sure we're partnered with the right people that, you know, line up with our values and ethics and stuff. So they fill out that application, then that goes to my team to review it. And then if they kind of meet what my team knows is my criteria for a fireside franchisee, then we schedule a meeting for them to talk with me where I'll ask them a handful more questions. And then, you know, if we seems like we're a good fit for each other, then I'll answer all their questions, you know, as far as the the how of it mm-hmm. and the nuts and bolts. And then we walk through, there's a process, you know, with getting signed up as a franchise. So then we have them sign the franchise disclosure document. And that starts the two-week time clock where they get access to all of our different franchisees and our books and this and that. So they can kind of really tear us apart and call the franchises and hear their firsthand experiences. And, you know, if they have an attorney, have their attorney review the franchise agreement and ask questions. And mm-hmm. after that two-week time clock's expired, if they want to move forward, then we move forward with the onboarding. That's great. How much is that startup funding that the franchisee needs to put forward? So we've got different levels of payments, but at the core of it, our franchise offer is $50,000. But if somebody pays in a one-time fee, we offer a discount for that. If somebody does not have that one-time fee, we do connect them with different options for getting the money. You know, A lot of people don't realize all the different options out there for getting money, just like one of them is retirement accounts. You can literally take your retirement, roll it into what's called a self-directed Roth IRA, you can launch a business out of your retirement, which is something that a lot of people don't know about. I know about it from the real estate industry and other ventures. So we connect people with that option, or we do offer in-house financing as well. And really for us, if it's the right person, if we feel like they fit, you know, for the fireside family and they're going to be a good contributing member to our tribe, then we really bend over backwards to try and make it work for people. I mean, we've had franchises come in where Literally, they started out as a corporate branch. So they literally put down $900 to help cover like their marketing materials and swag. And then we worked out a deal with them on the, you know, monthly payment or, or revenue share, you know, or others who they put down 10 grand and they paid $1,000 a month. And so really, it's not so much about the franchise fee or, you know, getting that 50 grand for us. It's about finding the right people and then. They've got the motivation that we're looking for and their values and ethics, morals line up with ours, then we're going to make it happen for them. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes down to it, the that personality, that person, if it 
blends well with your family and it works. That is, I think, the most important part as well. You mentioned that you have 18 franchisees currently. Is that correct? Yeah, I think we've got 18 right now. It's 18 or 19. I'm not sure. Okay. We've got a couple that are coming on recently. I don't know if they actually came on yet to where they're listed as a franchise. And are there certain areas or territories that might not be good for having a franchise? Like, did you find any of that? You know, honestly, there's a couple of real simple ways somebody could check to see if their area is a good area. And really, it's, you know, just we want to see if there's a demand. So a couple of simple things you can do is you could go on to a, a website like RV Share, you know, where you can rent an RV. You can go on there and search for RVs for rent in your area and see what shows up, you know, for results. And then you could take a step further and say, okay, you know, hey, there's 30, 50, 100 RVs in my area. Great. You know, what are they renting for a night? And then look at the calendars to see if they have bookings. And then outside of that, you can say, all right, let me search campgrounds in my area. You know, how many campgrounds are within a 20 mile radius of me or um, state parks, federal parks, RV storage facilities. So if you start to see, you know, the trend of, okay, yeah, there's RVs on RV share for rent. There's campgrounds around me. There's RV storage lots. Well, then, you know, yep, there's a supply and there's a demand. And where there's a supply and a demand, you know, there's the opportunity. So it's pretty easy to figure out. We haven't come across an area yet where there isn't, you know, a campground within so many miles and state parks and federal parks. And, you know, that's that's something that we do in America. You know, that's one of our outdoor <laughs> pastimes is camping. Right. Especially now. So much so. So you mentioned storage. And earlier you mentioned that you acquire these RVs and put them in storage. So talk to me about the RV owner and when they agree to have you manage their RV. What does that process look like? What are the fees? Can they keep the RV in their driveway? How does it all work? Yeah. So what we found to be the best setup is for the franchisee to have the RVs all in a central location. You know, just for logistics, you know, you get to 10, 15, 25 RVs. You don't want to be driving all around town and, you know, meet the renters. And on that note as well, it's really interesting what we found over the years is you literally can get picky to only take RVs that you have full-time possession of. So if you've got a, an RV owner and they're like, oh yeah, we use it for, you know, two weeks in June and a week in July and, you know, towards the end of August and then around fall time, that's not going to be an ideal candidate for you because your business is renting RVs and it sounds like the RV owner is using the RV. So they're not going right. to be a good candidate. And there's so many RVs out there. It's so ridiculous. We've got uh, some statistics from a couple of years ago and there was like over 10 million RV owners across the country. Wow. And then you look on a platform like RV Share, that's the leading peer-to-peer platform. They've got mm-hmm. about 40,000 RVs on their platform. So that shows you the amount of supply out there or potential yeah. RVs. So yeah, we recommend our franchisees only take the RVs that you're going to get full-time possession of. So the the RV owner can not use it here and there. They have to just completely give it up. Is that correct? So yeah, it's not necessarily the RV owner has to completely give it up, but mm-hmm. find the RV owners that just aren't using them, you know? Okay. So it could be, it's a season, You're, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. they just realized 
they've got so many sporting events or this or that, or like my story, my wife was pregnant and didn't want to be camping. She was miserable. So camping was out for us for the summer. Or, you know, you mm-hmm. get um, a spouse that just passed away or a medical issue or, you know, you get those various issues where it's like, yeah, we just don't use it. Or you get like most, unfortunately, most Americans, right? Like a, you buy a mm-hmm. timeshare like I did on my honeymoon and then you realized, <laughs> oh, I have two weeks vacation a year. I'm not going to use this timeshare as much as I thought no. I would. Nope, nope. Yeah, that makes sense. Then the RV, the rental management, it's it's definitely more for those owners that are looking like those seasons, I'm just not using it or that kind of thing versus just going on the peer to peer and be like, Oh, I want to rent it, you know, and I'm going to still use my RV a little bit, but I'm going to rent it out for this much or something. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you can, you know, if you run into those owners that are using them, you can just, Hey, you might just want to rent it out yourself then. Yeah. You know, and that's for, you know, our franchisees that are doing this as a full-time business, they've left their corporate full-time jobs and this is their income. You know, that's, that's just great. the best possible scenario for them. Yeah. You know, on the other side of this too, which is which is why I'm a huge fan of the, what I call the OPRV, other people's RVs model mm-hmm. is, it's very low overhead. You don't have the payments, you don't have the insurance, you don't have the storage, you don't have the repairs. Those are all covered by the owner. You literally have, you know, your handful of tools. If you're doing miscellaneous maintenance yourself, you've got your cleaning supplies, and then you've got, you know, any additional items, like say you rent camping chairs or kitchen sets or whatever. It's very low overhead, very easy business model. Yeah. So the RV owner, they say, okay, you can take this for my season. I'm not going to use it. What happens then? What are like the fees and like, what do they get back from each rental? Yeah. So the way that that works uh, is basically it's a revenue share off the nightly rental revenue. Mm -hmm. If it's a drivable RV, there's going to be mileage and generator hours earnings that the owner's going to get. And Mm -hmm. we always give all of that revenue that's generated right back to the owner because that's wear and tear on their vehicle. We didn't do anything to to earn that. Uh, So Mm -hmm. we always make sure they get compensated for all that. And then typically it's a 50-50 revenue split. Okay. What it's going to be the average for the average owner, it's going to be about three to $500 per week that the RV is rented. And what we found, we have a higher nightly minimum than a lot of people that rent the RVs out on their own, but we're going okay. for a specific customer. You know, we're going for mom that's, this is their summer camping trip, you know, or, or this is their summer RVing trip, not somebody who just wants to rent an RV for the weekend you know, on, on a whim. So we're earning more revenue for our owners and, you know, for the franchisees. So yeah, three to $500 per week that it's rented, sometimes even more if it's like a class B or a nice class C, that's going to earn, you know, more rental revenue. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you definitely kind of picking and choosing, getting that higher quality or better renter in that sense. I like that a lot. The storage of the RVs. Talk to a little bit more about that in the franchise and the franchisee. Can they store it on land? Do they have to look for a storage facility? What do people do? Yeah. So typically with the storage, our franchisee has found a storage lot that they're going to be partnered with where they're going to keep all their units. And then we would just tell the RV owner, hey, this is our location. This is where we keep the units, you know, or, you know, several of our franchises, They've actually moved, bought land where they live on the land and they store the RV. So they get to collect the storage revenue and it's 
become another way for them to monetize the business. And then they're right there on site, you know, with the RVs. Right. Have you ever had an RV owner that didn't want to pay for storage fee? Like they just were adamant about keeping it on their property or no, just because the way this is, it just makes sense to give it to someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we definitely get that. That's one of our common kickbacks that we get. And what I usually coach my franchisees on is, hey, this is probably not for them then. You know, if if they're not looking to hand it off full time, because what happens when, say, the RV owner wants to keep it at their home? Well, (laughs) we learned this one the hard way, (laughs) like most things in life, right? You learn it the hard way. Right. You know, all of a sudden, because we had a branch and we do have one branch in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan where they stay with the owners. But that's, Mm -hmm. you know, they're like 100 years behind the rest of the world. And it's very honest, ethical. You know, it's just like, yeah, you step back in time. But Mm -hmm. you get where it's the RV is sitting at the owner's house and all of a sudden a booking comes in. So the franchisee is going over to meet the renter. And, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, Timmy had a sleepover in this last night with his friends. Oh, no. You know, the tanks are full and the camper's trashed and the the renter shows up like, okay, what the heck? Wow. Yeah, that looks bad. Yeah. You know, so you get those kind of scenarios or and this is one of the things, too, that kind of pushes into like, you know, let's maybe steer towards RVs where we have them full time possession or maybe the owner uses it like once a year for, you know, their kids in 4-H and they're going to go to a horsing thing for, you know, one week or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just very one-off random is the RV goes out and then comes back and all of a sudden there's some sort of issue with it. And the owner's like, well, no, I, yeah, I mean, I did take a camping last weekend, but yeah, we flushed all the tanks. out. I don't know why that's like that. Or, you know, yeah. so when the RVs are in our possession, we can keep a lot better eye on them, keep a lot better care of them. And it just, you know, keeps the quality and all that stuff under control. Right. That totally makes sense. And my next question uh, talks about maintenance and cleaning of the RVs. How does that work? Do the franchisees have to do all that or can they hire out? Tell me about that. Yeah. So I'm all about helping people set up semi-passive income. So that's one of the things I'm passionate on coaching my franchisees is like, hey, we need to hire cleaners. We need to hire drivers that are delivering the trailers or doing the walkthroughs for you. Like Mm -hmm. I want my franchisees to be doing what I'm doing, out traveling the country or on vacation, having fun, living their lives, you know, whatever, to where they're managing their team and they're just answering inquiries on their phone. That's all they're doing. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, we've got, you know, some franchisees who, you know, they've caught on to that, you know, and they've learned to delegate. Others that, you know, they're like, it's it's hard to let go of some of that control and they're in there cleaning it and making sure it's perfect for the renter and but yeah, um, that's definitely the business model of how we teach, preach is you've got to have some cleaners, you've got to have some drivers, right. you know, build your team so you can be building the business, not, you know, working inside of the business. That's very smart. But I can imagine initially, I guess it depends on how much funding you personally have getting into being a franchisee. I assume you would still have to put some money out as far as all that cleaning and stuff like you can't just hire someone right away, right? You know, and like the storage unit and all that stuff, you need to actually still put out some money into the business. Yeah. I mean, you buy yourself some cleaning supplies. If you're going to do the cleaning, you buy Mm -hmm. yourself a couple of the, you know, random tools. If you're going to do, you know, tightening down the screws and different things like that on the RVs, because, you know, things are always shaking and moving. 
But yeah, as far as the storage, no, you you can connect the owner right to the storage facility to make your uh, storage payment. Uh, so you gotcha. don't you don't have to take any of that overhead on. And then as far okay. as the cleaning, um, yeah, if you're going to do it yourself, you got to buy the you got to buy some supplies. Or like we have one franchise that just launched in Tennessee. He found a storage lot that they actually do delivery setup and pickup. Wow, you know, for a fee. Yeah. And they do cleaning and detailing. So he literally has his whole business in a box at that storage facility is handling everything for him. You know, and we have other franchises where if you think about like short-term rentals, because really that's what this is. It's I call it real estate. You know, it's a short-term rental. It's just <laughs> on wheels. Yeah. There is many, many property management companies out there that offer cleaning or cleaning services or Molly maids or so you can find cleaning pretty easy or Heck, you go on Facebook yeah. for your local area and put in, hey, I'm looking for a cleaning gal or guy. You'll have 20, 30, 50 people commenting on that. Yeah, I do cleaning. True. So you can have your cleaner set up right off the bat. You give them, hey, this is my specific rate that I pay for every cleaning. You know, mm-hmm. for every travel trailer, I pay whatever, 75 bucks. For every drivable RV, I pay a hundred and a quarter and you're going to wash it and clean it. And then that fee gets passed right over to the renter. Mm-hmm. We call it a prep fee. So the, okay. the renter is going to pay for the cleaning so that you're either not making money on that or it's not mm-hmm. costing you money or it's a little bit of a money-making activity if you are able to negotiate right. it properly. So that three to 500 a week that they're making renting out this RV, does that include all the cleaning, like all that stuff? You're wrapping all that, the storage fee and all that into it? Or is there something separate that they pay on top of that? Yeah. So the, no, that's all itemized. So like the cleaning, the owner is not going to pay for a cleaning unless say the owner, like we said, you know, rarely, and we do have some franchises where they let the owners use them more. I just don't coach Mm -hmm. it that way because I want it to be easy and scalable and systematized. But, you know, we have some franchisees who have their way they want to do it. And that's Mm -hmm. fine. I always say, hey, I'm here as a support. I'm not here to babysit you. We're here to support you and encourage you and you you right. run your location how you want, you know. So like the cleaning, that's always going to be covered by the renter unless, say, the owner takes the RV for the weekend and brings it back uh-huh. and they pay, you know, to have it clean by the team. Well, then that mm-hmm. might be a cost they cover. But that three to $500 per week, that is the net to the owner based off the nightly rental revenue because your uh, average gotcha. RV is going to rent for about 145 up to $300 per night. And the average rental is six nights. So when mm-hmm. you do the math on that, that's their take home just off the nightly rent revenue. Uh, very good. Have you ever had one of your franchises start up and fail? Yeah. Yeah, we've had a couple. Well, not since we've become an official franchise. We okay. haven't. And that's one of the cool things about the franchise model. As an entrepreneur looking at an opportunity, that's one of the nice things about purchasing a franchise system is it's highly regulated. It's high, There's a lot of oversight. So like we have to report, you know, franchises that have opened and failed. So we're very heavily regulated by the FTC. So that's why it's nice as a consumer looking at a business opportunity, because mm-hmm. that puts a lot of accountability on us to make sure we have good training and coaching and accountability and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. to not just be out there selling a pipe dream to somebody to, you know, collect that $50,000 startup fee. Right. But before we became an actual franchise, yeah, we have had some branches. At that time, they were called branches. That we mm-hmm. had one guy, that super smart guy, and and I should have 
learn, you know, live and learn. And we've learned now we do personality profile tests and stuff like that. This guy was very smart, very analytical. He put together spreadsheets and did data. He knew the industry better than I did by the time it was said and done, man. He had talked to insurance companies and other companies and this and that. And he had market research data. Well, what ended up happening was once it come time to actually launch and time for him to actually talk to RV owners to present the management model. Well, the guy was scared to death of talking to people. He didn't have a sales bone in his body. And so he, he failed, you know, like we're no here, you just got to do this. And we help put together marketing campaigns and all the materials and the email drip campaigns and the call scripts, everything. He, for the life of him, could not get somebody. He couldn't build up the courage to get on the phone with somebody. And so basically we said, well, your next step would be, you know, to hire somebody to do this part for you. But this is part of, you know, having a branch and he, he couldn't do it, you know, and at the time before we were a franchise, our startup fee was not as much. So people didn't have as much skin in the game. So it was easier for him to just kind of not overcome that fear or get coached, you know, to do it. And yeah, so, so that guy failed. And then we had another one that was almost identical to him. He actually bought my franchise or my original location in West Michigan that I started that had 50 units at it. He bought it, but what was wrong, he, he was so smart and so sharp and everything. He was actually too smart. He literally bought my franchise, you know, paid me a good amount of money to buy my location for me to step back and work on, you know, Fireside as a whole. He literally started from square one. He didn't take a bit of our coaching. He didn't take a bit of our systems processes. This guy drove himself to the point of where his marriage was in rough, rough shape. I bought it back from him. I bought the location back from him and we ended up closing it and moving the units to other locations because I said, hey, nothing is worth you losing your marriage over. But the reason why it was so bad is because he literally started everything from square one. He went through the contract with the fine tooth comb and had his attorney look at it and tweaked this and that and created his own bookkeeping system. He didn't take a bit of anything that we had created and used it. He recreated the whole business himself and Wow. Himself out to insanity. Yeah. It sounds like it. He just drove himself to the ground. Wow. Well, I'm really glad you've set up this franchise opportunity. It's, gosh, you've put in that time, that effort, the work, the ups, the downs. You learned so much. I mean, this is great. So you're passing this along to others. So do you also consign RVs through your company? Yeah. So that's interesting. Now, when you say consign, are you saying like selling them? Yes, like sell them for them. Okay, kind perfect. of thing. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. you got it. You know, what's funny is like the big term in this industry is RV consignment. Like people yes. mistake management for consignment. So that's why I wanted your clarification. So yeah, that's another. We have a bunch of ways our franchisees can can make money. You know, we got wholesale accounts for buying parts, and we show them how to offer RV repair services and consignment. Yeah, is another one and. And with me having, you know, a heavy real estate background, you know, in the real estate world, which most people can relate to that, in a real estate transaction, typically the fee is about 6%, you know, give or take. And then that's split between the buyer and the seller. Well, in the RV consignment sales world, it's 10 to 15%. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So that is something that we do. And it's neat because you can really help people out a lot. You know, like I said, people with like sick or or divorce or jobless, right. this or that. 
you know, we'll get people who will reach out to us like, hey, you know, I'm about to start missing my payments on this, you know, or I don't want it. We're going to file bankruptcy. And so we have different options we can give them. You know, one of them is consignment. We'll sell it for them. A lot of times, which I did this with an RV owner just last year, they had a big, beautiful class A bunkhouse. Well, I offered to take over their payments for a year till they got it back on their feet. So it worked mm-hmm. out great for them. It worked out great for me. I actually ended up using it more than renting it. <laughs> we ended up taking <laughs> it from Florida all the way up to the UP of Michigan and traveling around with it. And uh, I rented it out a couple of times, but I ended up using it. And then literally, I don't know, maybe four months ago, the family was from Ohio. Four months ago, they flew down. They were you know, back on their feet financially and everything. They flew down, picked up the RV, uh, brought it home, and they, you know, had the RV again. Wow. What a great opportunity <laughs> to help, you know. It was a win-win for both of you guys. Yeah, it was really cool. It worked out great for both of us. So we've, our mm-hmm. franchisees have had several different, you know, setups like that. And then we even have investors that purchase units. Uh, we can get units through different connections at really good pricing and, we have investors that buy them for the income and we have investors that buy them just for the offset of, you know, being able to offset their tax liabilities. So being able to get the depreciation on the RVs, escalate the depreciation and mm-hmm. uh, offset their, you know, liabilities as far as what they're paying for taxes. That's great. And you offer liability insurance, I'm sure, right, for the franchisees and all that. Yeah. So, you know, through every rental, there's an insurance policy that's activated that has the comprehensive and liability. Then we also have liability packages as well that covers our franchisees. So especially for like uh, certain events, you know, like we do Talladega and some NASCAR and one of our, a couple of our franchisees sponsor a NASCAR car together. And then for oh, that big cool. event, you know, we cover all the liability. So we add NASCAR as a lost payee or federal campgrounds, you know, that we can go in and operate that other people can't get into nowadays because the federal campgrounds are really cranking down on that. Oh, yeah. Have you had any claims? And if you have, how are they handled? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Claims are a definite part of the business, especially when you do, you know, thousands of rentals a year like we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've had total losses. We've had travel trailers that, you know, were rolled over three, four times and total losses. Oh, man. Fires and yeah, you name it. We've we've had it. Wow. So we have a gal on our staff that that's basically her full job is just helping our franchisees with insurance claims. Mm-hmm. And we've taught our franchisees to, you know, it does get a little frustrating on the insurance claim side of things. With, you know, the owners can sometimes they, you know, really freak out about it. They have like a personal attachment to it. Sometimes right. the RV owners like, yeah, they, you know, they get it and it happens. And, mm-hmm. and then if you have bookings, you know, that are piled up on the backside of that, you know, you got to try and switch them into the other RVs. But outside of that, for the franchisees, typically insurance claims can be a money making activity because, you know, they'll work with the insurance company. And what they'll do is they'll have an LLC or a DBA of their LLC. Let's say we have a LLC in Mesa, Arizona. Well, then they have a DBA of their LLC, you know, Mesa RV repair. They'll go ahead and subcontract the repairs out, add a 10, 15% fee on there for facilitating it all and everything. And if this is freaking some people out here in this, that's, <laughs> this happens everywhere. It's called subcontracting. You know, people get the job and they subcontract it out. This is very, very normal in all industries. Yes. 
So and then they'll facilitate that and orchestrate everything and, you know, they'll end up making a little bit of money on it. But yeah, and sometimes you get those claims where, well, one insurance company points fingers to the other insurance company and this and that. Well, now we got depreciation, but yeah, that's definitely a beast of the business is is insurance claims. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, that would not be fun, it sounds like. Yeah, insurance claims are definitely the not glamorous side of the uh, business for sure. Yeah, yeah. Going back to like the RVs and the rentals and stuff, are there certain requirements or parameters that you look for for an RV to be eligible? Yeah, you know, I kind of leave that up to the franchisees. I always recommend 2015 or newer Mm -hmm. and certain styles and layouts. And we have trainings and coachings and all that. But, you know, we've got some franchisees where like, oh, I don't know. I just really love this class A and it's it's neat. It's dependable. It's older. And, you know, they want to rent it out. So, you know, I let them decide as long as it falls within the criteria of the insurance providers. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really up to the franchisee if they want to take that unit on. Mm-hmm. And then if it starts to become a problem unit, you know, you get like some of these RVs that like have the vacuum flush systems in them or those store mm-hmm. class A's that have like the super slides, like you'll find like certain RVs <laughs> that like, yeah, we're definitely staying away from those. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You've been in it. Yeah. How long did you guys travel around the country? Uh, almost five years. Yeah. So we bought, you know, the travel trailer for my wife, a 10 year wedding anniversary. She was pregnant. And then Mm -hmm. shortly after we had Isabella um, that winter, actually, she was born in August. I think that winter we started traveling, if not the next winter, and she'll be um, seven years old in August. So yeah, Mm -hmm. she's lived most of her life in an RV, which we own several RVs. We had like one parked up in Michigan on a lot, one down in Florida on some property. And then we traveled in our class C and then we traveled in that class A I was mentioning earlier. And so, yeah, we've been blessed to travel a lot of places. That is awesome. Yeah, we've, we went around the country for two years and absolutely love the road schooling and missed that part for sure. I bet you guys love the road schooling as well. Did you hit up all, obviously national parks, anything else in particular you uh, were going after out there? Yeah, we definitely tried to hit, you know, the big, Parks And it's cool when you're doing this full time to where you can like uh, we went to the creation museum and the Noah's Ark exhibit up north mm-hmm. and we we're able to do that like during low time. Right. So it's like you go to these different places and parks. Yeah. It's like you got them all to yourself. Love that. Yep. Yep. So that was a blast. Yeah. When people ask like, oh, what's the place that stuck out? The first one that always sticks out to me is always La Jolla Beach in California. Mm-hmm where there's just sea lions and just, it's all natural. There's no like guardrails or this or that. Like you can literally fall right in the, <laughs> in there if you weren't here. Wow. Just so natural. <laughs> and then we'd always love to camp at the campgrounds that were not that big. And they're like right alongside a river. And Right. No, that's beautiful. Mm. Makes me want to get back out there. I know. It's funny. We, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'd been in a house for about six, seven weeks now. And I've been like booking all these trips. So we're going to Texas. Now we're flying. We're flying to Colorado. We're flying to Michigan tomorrow. We just looked at a trip to uh, Fiji yesterday, but it's a 20-hour flight. I don't don't really like flying in general. I thought Hawaii was long. Yeah. (laughs) Fiji's long too. Even longer. That is crazy. 20 hours. So 
what are some of the ways that you market and get the word out about, you know, to the public about this opportunity, the franchise opportunity, everything? You know, we are really just starting to market. You know, we're uh, Mm -hmm. talking to others inside the space. We've got a bunch of Facebook ads running. We're starting to create some YouTube ads. We're doing a call campaign here next week. Actually, one of the founding um, employees of RV Share that's no longer there is is working with us, and uh, we're got a call campaign we're starting next week to RV repair shops and storage facilities because for yeah. them it's like a very easy add-on to what they're already doing. Yes, <laughs> but how we basically built to date has been inside the Facebook groups with other RV owners that were renting their RVs, you know, so for them, it was, mm. it was a very easy, yeah, this makes total sense. And mm. they get it. They're outdoorsy and they love RVing. And, you know, they might have not necessarily been business minded. They, you know, so for them, it was very easy. Like, yeah, I could literally leave my job and do this. And I know that some of the foundational things. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I know there's a huge part of our audience that are content creators have you guys collaborated with any content creators and what does that look like? You know, we have not yet. We are literally it's we're in this uh, marketing program and inside the marketing program that we're walking through, it's, it's called creating your dream 100 list. So Stacy, mm-hmm. our chief marketing officer and I, we've been just kind of scratching that out here the last month. And that's literally the focus we're starting on next week is reaching out. So actually, next week, Stacy, I've got several emails in my inbox. She's like, hey, fill out this form, fill out this form, fill out this link. So she's, <laughs> I think she's cranking on it today. Oh, exciting. So yeah, we're just starting to do that. Uh, so yeah, it is exciting. And it's cool to do it like in this manner, right? Instead of throwing mm-hmm. a bunch of money to Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook and, you know, to try and generate leads. Oh, like. goodness. And I can imagine a lot of it has been word of mouth too. You know, you're out there. RVing or someone rented out one of your RVs and then they had a great experience and they just tell everyone else. It's kind of like wildfire as well. Yeah. And we were really blessed with, um, we've got three Facebook groups that we quote unquote own. You know, I I guess you can't own Mm -hmm. a Facebook group, but three groups that are our groups. Start it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a RV. It's like for RV owners that are renting their RVs. We own that Facebook group. That's got about 4,000 members in it. And then we've got a group for people looking for RVs to rent. We've got, I think, 17,000 members in that group now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have another that's group. Good. No, it's got 16,000 members. I just looked. And then we have one other group uh, that's got about 5,000 members in it. And we've got a pretty big email list from all of our past renters and people that have been on our website and stuff. So that's been our efforts really to date until now we're just jumping into this Dream 100 list here. Right. Yeah, it sounds like building that community which is very important and kind of focusing on that and helping out. Yeah. So real quick, tell me about your business team. Like how many people are there? Where are they located? You know, what are they doing? Yeah. So we've got, uh, you know, I'm down here in Okeechobee, Florida. Uh, We started in, we were in Michigan when we started traveling and then we just kind of bounced back and forth, but we settled down here in Florida now to stay out of the winter. And, uh, you know, my main responsibility is, overview of the vision of the company and then final interviews with franchisees to make sure they're a good fit doing the interviews and stuff like this. Uh, Stacy is our chief marketing officer. 
her and her husband, Garth, he does a lot of trainings. He's an RV tech and he does a lot of trainings of teaching franchisees about the RVs. They were, they had started a fireside location in New York, ran it for several years. They were doing six figures in a summer and then traveling in the winter. And they were actually looking to buy a campground. So they sold their franchise to a gentleman who was actually, he ran the number two camping world in the country. And now he has two fireside franchises. And I was begging and pleading Stacy to come join me somehow. And I offered her some equity and buy-in and she turned me down and they were looking at this campground. Then the campground fell through. I'm like, all right, Stacy, come on. And so I offered her some more equity and a buy-in and <laughs> praise God they did. So it's um, Stacy is part of the team. And then uh, Tammy is our, we call her Coach Tammy. She's our franchise support manager and she has a team of girls that work under her. She was a franchisee as well in Pennsylvania. She was a stay-at-home mm-hmm. mom with three boys, three toddlers. She started a fireside location. She scaled it up as well into a six-figure business there in Pennsylvania, you know, just in the five-month season. Same deal. She sold her franchise and came to join me as the franchise support manager. And then we've got a couple part-time staff that uh, most of them actually are franchisees, and they they help with coaching and mentoring and different things like that. Christina and Matt and uh, Mesa, Arizona, we call her the add-on queen. She has rentals that go out where she'll literally make more on the add-ons than she will on the rental (laughs) revenue because she'll sell like extra clean packages and delivery package and, you know, airport shuttle and stock the fridge and lover's package. Smart businesswoman. Oh yeah. She's super sharp go-getter. So her franchise Mm -hmm. is completely automated without her now. And so now she is going to start selling territories in Arizona for us. Stacy's actually Mm -hmm. getting ready to hit the road for four months. She's going to travel around uh, we just partnered with KOA and Care Camps. She's going to travel around, visit a bunch of KOA's Care Camps, and do promotions. That was my other question. Can you do all this from the road eventually? Or I mean, that would be great. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. A lot of our franchisees are now. If you follow, you know, uh, the saying is "Do what Gar says." If you do what I say, if you follow the system, and that's one of the things on our application is: Are you teachable mm-hmm. and coachable? Like, do you think you know yeah. everything about everything? If you if you aren't, you know, teachable and coachable, then you're not a good candidate because right. we've been there and done it. We're going to teach you what works mm-hmm. and how to do it the right way. So you're not mm-hmm. driving yourself insane. But yeah, you can right. definitely get to a point of where you're just running it from your phone because all you're doing is managing your team and answering mm-hmm. inquiries from the renters, you know, and finalizing bookings. Well, that's great. So with a lot of talk about AI lately, how do you think AI will play into your business model? Do you think it'll help with like marketing or anything else? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've been using AI for quite a while now. Yeah. AI is is a great tool. Um, so we use AI for a lot of different things. But yeah, AI is here to stay and learn it and know how to maximize it. And my 14-year-old, her homeschool, she's going to be a missionary. We've already got a nonprofit set up for her and everything. She knows exactly mm-hmm. what she's going to do. Her homeschool is based all around her right now being an entrepreneur so she can build passive income for herself to fund her mission work. And uh, she uses AI. Actually, the other day, because we're she's getting into she's 14 and she's liking boys and boys are liking her. And we're talking Mm -hmm. about dating and stuff. So I sent her an email with all these questions 
about dating. <laughs> and she sent me this response and I'm like, all right, Emma, how much of this did you do with AI? <laughs> oh man, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Like how many of these answers were actually yours? How much was AI? But yeah, oh. AI is a phenomenal tool. I mean, well, if you learn how to use it properly, you can throw together a, a blog post to a PowerPoint presentation, to a video script, to all kinds of crazy things. Yeah, I, I can imagine it can help like on your website with the FAQs and all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a very That's powerful awesome. tool. So I understand your business model and the benefit for everyone, but what are your some of your goals for the rest of this year and growth for the future? So goals for Fireside? Yes. Yeah. So while we've got big goals, we've got, like I said, about 20 locations. We're looking to be at about 50 locations by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Looking to launch in specific areas, Arizona, uh, Colorado, Florida, New York. And then really our, you know, our, our goal or our mission is to be, you know, the nation's which we already are technically, but it's this industry so young, it's it's not yeah. a huge statement to say that we are, but to be like, you know, the, the nationwide name, you know, for this space, you know, there's like, if you look at the rental industry for like, you know, apartments and houses and stuff like that, like there's nationwide companies, you know, that mm -hmm. is our vision is to do that. That sounds really good. You've got it going on, got the growth. What is your advice for someone who wanting to start running out other people's RVs just in general? Yeah. So advice in general would be first and foremost is get all your foundational things in place. You know, as far as get your LLC, get your self-liability insurance, get a good contract, a rental contract and a management contract, like get the foundational things in place. And then after that, know exactly who you want to serve, you know, as far as an RV owner. So like we said, we were very specific, you know, I, we let our franchisees, you know, figure out what's specific to them, but then we try to hold them to that because you can't serve everybody. You're going to end up yeah. driving yourself insane. If you've got somebody who gives their RV to you and they need a thousand dollars a month generated off of it because, you know, otherwise they're not going to be able to pay their bills and, you know, they're, Mm. I can be able to put food on the table like that. That's not the offer that we're giving to people. We are a solution and we do meet a specific need, but we're not your source of income, you know, so uh, figure out exactly who you want to serve and then stick to that because you can get to where you, you know, like we had a franchise launched last year and I realized a couple months in that he was paying for all the owner's storage. And that's, so we got on a call and he's like, yeah, you know, I just want to launch this and get it going. And this and that. I said, yeah, but it's not the right way. You're, you're setting the wrong expectation. You're adding overhead. You're not following the business model. You know, so you got to mm -hmm. figure out the plan. And then what you got to do is once you figure out your plan is you got to take massive action, like take tons of make massive action. So reach out to set a goal of, hey, I'm going to reach out to 20 RV owners a day. You know, you got to take massive action and then figure out, okay, what's working, what's not working, and then make the changes. And that's with any business, mm -hmm. you know, you got to figure out your plan, take massive action, and then course correct. Right. No, that's great advice. So I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, but for the RV owner, what are the benefits for listing their RV with Fireside as opposed to another rental company? 
Yeah, you know, honestly, the biggest benefit of listing it with someone like us instead of the other companies out, that are out there, and honestly, they're popping up a lot. There's a lot of companies popping mm-hmm. up. Is really is we've been there and we've done that, so we we know the systems and the processes, and we've got the proper procedures. We've picked up RVs from other companies and brought them to Fireside. That you know, the generator is empty. There's no oil in it. You know, the RV is in total disrepair. There's no, hasn't been maintenance done. There's water damage that wasn't caught. There's all these issues. So it's really, it's, we know what to do and what not to do. And we've got the systems and the processes and the insurance and the contracts. And so, and this is what we do full time. You know, this is what Mm -hmm. we do full time. I have a full time staff that's looking over our franchises and coaching them and mentoring them. And we have Mm -hmm. literally thousands of dollars that go out per month and software systems that we have built specifically for us in this industry and tracking the RVs with pictures and forms and making sure all the T's are crossed and I's are dotted. And not to say there's not other companies out there doing that. I'm sure you'll find those companies. There's a lot of companies out there that they're just, they see the opportunity and they're jumping in saying, yeah, I'll manage your RV. I'm renting my RV, but they don't have anything in place to really protect you you know, as the RV owner. Right. That's a good point. You definitely have the time in it. We appreciate that. So what questions have I missed? Anything else that we need to know about Fireside RV rentals? You know, not that I could think of necessarily. You know, one thing I would encourage people to is find a company that has a mission and a purpose behind it, you know? So like, that's why we ask people in our application, like, hey, what's your favorite charity and why? If people Mm -hmm. are just in it to make money, in any sort of business to just make money if they don't have a mission and a purpose, whether it's to free themselves up so they can travel the country with their kids and homeschool them and prepare them to crush it in life and, you know, be givers and not takers, you know, find a company that has a purpose that, hey, are you giving to a cause to, you know, what breaks your heart, things like that. You know, that's that's very, very important when you have companies that are just in it for the bottom dollar and the money. That's when the morals and ethics go out the window and Right. You end up in a dangerous spot. I appreciate that. Sounds like you have a wonderful purpose. I love it. So Gar, where's the best place for people to find out more about Fireside RV rentals from the hosting side, renting side, and the franchise opportunity? Yeah, you can jump right on firesidervrental.com and it's got all the links on there to either find an RV to rent or find out about renting your RV out through us or find out about the franchise opportunity or, you know, read some blog posts about camping ideas or different things like that. Okay, cool. Very good. Well, Gar, thank you for giving us some insight into your franchise business model as well as the RV rental side. And I think it's great. And it shows a lot of different levels of taking the RV industry into more of an entrepreneurial growth mindset and ways that provides opportunities to use assets already available, as well as, you know, your RV rental management side. So thank you, Gar, for taking the time today to chat with me and share all that with us. So and I look forward to seeing your franchise grow. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed and learned something from this episode with Gar. RV rentals and managing RV rentals is really hot right now and it's growing fast with so many RVs out there just sitting unused. So it's really a win-win for the RV owners, vacationers, and entrepreneurs. 
And becoming a franchise partner with GAR seems like a great opportunity with such low overhead renting out other people's RVs. And it seems really fun and profitable. So guys, check it out. And I'll put all the links that Gar mentioned in these show notes so you can contact him. As always, guys, thanks for listening and keep living the dreams.